give thanks to the Lord for his mercy endures forever. And Lord, we do, honestly, Lord, we repent. I repent, God. We're complaining. And we give thanks out of our mouth. We give thanks to you this morning, Lord. We enter your courts, Lord, with thanksgiving. We enter your gates, Lord, with praise. You are good. You are good. You are good. You are good. <laughs> We've tasted and seen that you are good. We thank you for your goodness. Thank you Thanksgiving and praise will fill us all of our days. Thanksgiving and praise will fill us all of our days. Thanksgiving and praise will fill us all of our days. Thanksgiving and praise will fill us all of our days. Thanksgiving and praise will fill us all of our days. Thanksgiving and praise will fill us all of Yeah. 
surround you forever God for the Lord he is good and his love endures forever for the Lord he is good his love endures forever for the Lord he is good and his love
Welcome, Joseph, Bashir's testimony. Uh, oh, you got him. Yeah. Hi, everybody. I'm Joseph. Got the feedback now? Tricks are awesome in the mornings. How's everybody? All right. So how many children in here love their parents? <laughs> everybody. Boy, I love my parents. I've been blessed with two amazing people. And they're great, and they've always been there for me. I am very grateful. I was always raised in a strong Christian home, and yeah, it's grounded me in Christ, and it's just been moving forward since day one. Uh, I was adopted when I was a baby, three days old. Uh, my, uh, let's see, might help if I would have pulled up the right one. Uh, so one of the big things that, you know, has been on my heart is that, you know, one, you're supposed to honor your mother and father. And that was always in my heart from the beginning. And so 
from the beginning, we've got, you know, divine appointments in our lives that God has set out for us. Moving forward, you, you know, you encounter people in your lifetime and you don't really understand, you know, most of the time where they're going to be or specific times. Uh, mine started uh, when I was a baby. My birth mother attempted to have me aborted three times. So, you know, before I was even born, God saved my life three times. So that was, that's kind of the beginning for everything. And then uh, shortly after that, my um, parents got me. And, but uh, the short story of uh, how my parents got me, my birth mother at the time was working at a convenience store. Uh, store was owned by uh, my mom's cousin. He had told my birth mother about uh, my mom, and she was unable to conceive, and just gave him the whole story over my parents and how she longed to have a baby, and the Lord put it on her heart that uh, she was supposed to give me to my parents. Uh, so one evening, uh, my mom was out to eat with some family in Raleigh, and the Lord put it on my mom's heart that she was going to have a baby before she was 30. After uh, telling this to her sister-in-law, which she was out to eat with, she told her that she was crazy, that she would already have to be pregnant. Uh, some time goes by while they're at the restaurant <laughs> where they were at. Got them to keep in mind this is back in 86, you know, 80s hair bands, fair hairdo, no, no smartphones, email, computers. Letters and landlines were the communication tech back then. So... Uh, Back to the story, uh, uncle calls the restaurant and gets a hold of my mom with news about a young girl putting me up for adoption and she wants my parents to have me. So while this was going on, dad was at home having his time with the Lord and he asked for confirmation for a word he had received. And the Lord told my dad, this day I've given you a son, you will name him Joseph and his disposition will be that of my earthly father. So shortly after hearing this word, Dad got a phone call from Mom. And after uh, telling him everything, his response was, I hope you like the name Joseph. <laughs> and from there on, uh, they got me and started raising me. Uh, when my mom, she ran a daycare in home for 20 years. Uh, she cared for around 20, 25 children at times. Uh, let's see, so uh, time number four, Lord saved my life. I uh, was still just a baby. So, uh, one day around pickup time for the kids, uh, our neighbor's daughter was over at the house, and she decided to pick me up out of my playpen. And uh, so she carried me around for a little bit, and she set me down. However, she didn't set me down back in the playpen. <laughs> uh, my mom looked over at the pen. I wasn't there. And then looked around, couldn't find me anywhere. Uh, realizes that I'm nowhere to be found, and they started looking for me. Uh, one of the parents was getting ready to leave, started backing up, and then they started hearing me crying. Lord saved my life big time that day because the car ran over my arm. Here I am, just a baby, tire marks, black tire marks on my arm and all. T my parents rushed me to the emergency room and then had me checked out with all the marks and everything. The doctor couldn't believe it, but there was no broken bones, and I was not hurt. And as far as, all I got was tire marks. I mean, running an arm over pavement by a car, you would think that, you know, there'd be a little bit of scratched up or broken skin, but nothing, just some tire marks. 
So, Lord saved me. This is the fourth time. But, you know, something I was thinking about, and it clicked with me last night. Um, my birth mother's name was Catherine, with a K. And the, uh, our neighbor that set me down, her name was Catherine, with a K. And I was thinking, Lord, why are you sending all these Catherines to, you know, hurt me? <laughs> Don't know, but it seems like everyone I meet with, uh, it starts with a C, has been an all right. My mom's middle name's Catherine. It's funny how the Lord works through things. Um, I'm going to tell you that uh, God's plans trumps everything else. Doesn't, doesn't matter where you're at, you know. I have strayed away from the path many times. Doesn't matter, you know. It is, it, it's, I know it's God's work. I'm, I'm here for a reason. But God puts us all in places for a reason. Not everybody seems to stay on course all the time. But you end up, you, you get back there because the Lord puts you there. Uh, let's see. Yeah, skip over that. Everybody knows about God's love, and he loves us all. Uh, but he, he's brought me out of bad situations when there were no light. Um, spent, you know, been spending the recent years, you know, getting a deeper relationship with Christ. But about five years ago, I had a bad fall. And I had broken my tailbone. I hadn't... Uh, hurt anything bad yet, but when I went to the emergency room, they, uh, they said I had impacted the disc. That they said that I needed to chill out, not do anything crazy, otherwise, you know, there's a chance that they could rupture. Okay. So, in extreme pain, gone through everything, and dealt with the doctors, and it was fun, but in the long run, what happened, uh, about a year later, I was, uh, woke up in the middle of the night in excruciating pain. Couldn't barely move. Uh, woke up about 2.45 in the morning. I lived in Hickory at the time, and I was about five minutes away from the hospital. Woke up at 2.45. It took me till almost five in the morning to get there, just because I was in so much pain. And ended up, you know, having x-rays done. They sent me to a specialist. And I got good checked out. MRI uh, showed uh, that I had ruptured three discs in my back. And he also told me that I had degenerative disc disease. Not very fun. They told me that, uh, that they were going to try pain treatment, uh, steroid shots, painkillers, muscle relaxers, and some physical therapy. Um, eventually, I got to the point I was addicted to painkillers. I mean, they were, they were prescribing me 120 pills a month. That's four a day plus muscle relaxers on top of that. Not fun. I, I, I dealt with that for about two years, and then after that, it was, I, I just got to the point that I just couldn't take it anymore. You know, I was, you know, force-feeding myself these things. I didn't want to take them, but, you know, I couldn't, couldn't move, couldn't function uh, on a daily basis. Um, finally, I slowly weaned myself off of them, and I was still in pain, but I, it was manageable by some Advil. So, went through that for about two years, and then uh, last year around Labor Day, I met one of my really close friends I have today. Uh, his name's Dylan. Uh, we get along great, but uh, we were having a barbecue at my parents' house, 
and uh, met Dylan, immediately hit it off. We started talking about fishing and our love for God. At that point, he had, uh, I, I had told him the story about my back, and he had convinced me to come to youth group on Wednesday, and he felt led to pray for me, and uh, he wanted to do it, you know, with the youth and just, you know, show them the power of the Lord. I said, okay, I would go, and uh, that was the first time I'd really been in church out here in over six years. I mean, I, I've been out here, you know, here and there, but I was busy with work in Hickory. I worked nearly 60, 70 hour work weeks, and my my time of rest was Sunday, and I got out of that finally. You know, God removes us from places where we're at to put us in better places. doesn't matter how awesome things are, and uh, you know, think you'd have the world. I mean, shoot, when I was living in Hickory, I was making tons of money, had a great car, and everything seems right, but, you know, I, I wasn't with the Lord as much as I should have been. But anyway, uh, so Wednesday rolls around, went to youth group, had a great time at the meeting with Dylan and the kids, and then they uh, started praying for my back. For the first time in over four years, I was able to lift my hands over my head. I, I couldn't believe it. It's, you know, you, you, you don't realize how simple some, you know, just raising your hands is. But when you can't, when you get to right here and you can't move anymore, it, it, it hurts. And it's not fun. Um, the following week, I was laying, helped lay some hardwood floors with a friend. And I was sweeping and prepping and getting ready to start laying the next rundown. And uh, <laughs> while sweeping, I just twisted the wrong way. All the pain had come back. Didn't know what was going on, so I said, okay, well, I'm going to go to the ER and see what's going on. So uh, they took me uh, to, uh, went to the ER, they got me gowned up and sent me back for x-rays. And then uh, just couldn't believe it. About an hour went by after doing the x-rays, and the uh, doctor comes in and says, well, I got some good news. You didn't hurt anything. And... Uh, pulls up the x-rays and starts going over everything. Yeah, it looks like you got a muscle spasm. No big deal. And then as I was looking at the x-rays, I couldn't believe it because, you know, through the MRIs and the x-rays I had while I was in Hickory, you know, my ruptured discs, they were all black. You know, once you lose the fluid out of them, there's no magic putting that back in. There's only surgery, and they can fuse your spine together and do some other things. Uh, but pretty much that's it. However, when I was looking at the x-rays, they were... They were white again. There was, there was no, no doubt about it. They were white, and also uh, I had, you know, de degenerative disc disease, and that rounds out your, your vertebrae. Well, they were no longer rounded. They're all square and perfect again. So I knew the Lord had worked in my life. I was still in pain, but I knew that it was uh, a big thing for me that I needed to get taken care of. But it was nice to know that all it was was, you know, a spasm. So, uh, so after the x-rays, couldn't believe it. You know, I come home, I tell mom and dad. I'm still in pain, but, you know, I'm there. Then uh, that was on a Friday. You know, Saturday... I woke up, I was in so much pain, you know, I, I, well, I didn't really wake up, I, I pretty much, I was awake throughout the entire night, uh, couldn't sleep, and then 
about eight in the morning, I hear my parents leave, and then, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm bawling my eyes out. I'm so much pain. And I said, Lord, I can't do this on my own, you know, and I got on my knees, and I prayed for about 10 minutes, and then that, that was it. I was out. Didn't know what happened. I was just asleep. And when I woke up, it was about noon. I'd been sleeping for a while. And uh, I heard a voice tell me that I needed to get up. When I got up and started walking, at this point, that's when I realized I wasn't in any more pain. And I've been walking and pain-free ever since. It's... Lord, Lord supersedes everything. You know, it, it's, it's up to us to take that healing. You know, we can only do so much. People can pray for us, but it's up to us to accept that we're healed. And I know people, you know, we all have uh, our things, you know, shoulders, backs, eyes, ears. doesn't matter. You know, God will heal anything. You know, God will take you out of bad situations, put you in good ones. But you've got to make the step, and you have to believe. Because without that, you've, you've got nothing. You know, you have your faith with Christ, but you're not going to get anywhere unless you're fully walking in the stride that he is a healer, he's going somewhere, and he wants you on that path. It's not that you, you're not making the best decisions. You know, the Lord gives us free will. And he wants us to make our own decisions. However, our decisions are best made through him. So we have to lift everything up and just claim it. I mean, you know, all it took me was getting on my knees, telling God I couldn't do it on my own, and boom, that was it. It's over. So, people, we're here. These are the end of times. We need to start walking in the power that God's given us. You know, we, we're not, you know... We're not just people, you know, we, we're sons of the Lord and daughters. We are here for a purpose, you know. I was born on, <laughs> uh, you know, to a, my birth father was a casino owner in Lank City. My birth mother worked in a convenience store. My uncle, my, 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 uh, my mom's cousin just so happened to own the convenience store, hear about the story. So that was in New Jersey. So, I mean, I've made... A trip to get here, but I know that the Lord's put me here for a reason, and I know everybody in this church right now is here for a reason. We're in Moravian Falls, North Carolina. There's a purpose for every single one of us, and I, I want to challenge you that Lord puts on your heart what you're supposed to do, and you run with it. But, but with that, thank you, everybody, and Hope y'all enjoy. Thanks. Stay up here for a second. Hey, listen, if you're having any issue with your back right now, we, I believe we had a word. If you're having an issue with back, you need healing, just stand where you are. We're going to pray. I want Joseph to pray. And uh, the kingdom does not come in word only. It comes in power. And uh, so I believe there's a real anointing for healing. And there are a number of people that have back issues. So, how about just asking Jesus, just the one who healed you, freely you receive, freely give. So, just ask him. Oh, Jesus, thank you, Lord. Just, yes, yes, Lord. You want to ask him for us? Just pray for the people. Just pray God will heal them.
Just touch back. Just. Hey, you want to use All right. No, I'm good. All right. Jesus. Lord. Yes. Everybody in here with back problems this morning. Just release here. I want you to just raise your hand and give it to God. Yes. Say, Lord, I'm tired of this. I'm not dealing with this any longer. You say that you'll heal me, then heal me, Lord Father. I'm taking this healing and I'm going to receive it and I'm going to walk in it. I'm tired of not walking by your side. Bring me closer to you. Give me feet to walk. Give me eyes to see and give me ears to hear you, Lord. We're going to move forward, Lord. And we can't do this with back problems, shoulder problems, feet. Lord, give it to him. He can take it all away. Thank you, Lord. Make me new, Lord Father. Amen. Receive that. How many of you appreciate the grace, amazing grace that covers us? And uh, boy, Joseph, you did an awesome job, man. Thank you for sharing your life story. And, um, you know, it's interesting. A couple weeks ago when I mentioned that Joseph had been aborted three times, or attempted an abortion. Yeah, you can be aborted three times. Attempted. I forgot to mention that he was adopted and that there were some loving people that went to Jill and said, Jill, all you have to do is repent, you know, and God will forgive you. And it was out of the love of their heart. It, you know, there's nothing cruel or mean in that. They were, but I just forgot that one little bit of information. And um, so anyway, thanks for sharing your heart man hey i want to just take a little bit of time there's something that i want to pray for everyone i feel like it's important out of um, isaiah in just a few moments but because it's going to be a little extra warfare coming in this hour how many of you are ready for that that's just what you needed right you thought your warfare was ended now it is ended in one sense and that is our sins the penalty has been crushed, removed by the blood of Jesus. But you remember, I got to remind you, Satan knows that he has only a short time. You remember that? And it says, woe to the inhabitants of the earth. He knows that he has a short time. And, uh, but, so there's going to be some extra, a little uh, resistance. If you even desire to live godly in Christ Jesus, you know what happens to you? You get to suffer persecution. How many of you sign up for that? I sign up for suffering of persecution. Nobody puts that on their refrigerator door. And, uh, but it's just part of the Christian life. Paul said, I'm, I'm called to this. You know, I've, the scripture says how we're here to fill up what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ or in Christ's sufferings. And so I don't understand all of the meanings of that but I do know you get to suffer because you get to reign those that suffer with him are going to reign with him how many of you plan on reigning with him I mean this is getting we're getting close we're getting ready for this ultimate I mean the big crescendo on the earth and but it's not going to be over you know that it's just beginning we get to live thousand years and rule and reign and there's a whole bunch more to come you guys are getting ready for it whether you know it or not. Because we're in this, and it's not a game, it's serious. How many of you took that pride inventory that we did this week? Did you do that? I thought that was pretty good. I did, and 
Not all of you raised your hands, remember, it was an assignment. And so, you know, you're not going to get in any kind of trouble. How many of you were, you went to school in the days where they used to give you good paddlings? You know, Bobby told us some of his stories. I had a teacher with a paddle with a hole in it. And then we had this coach. Uh, Tyler, you, I don't know if you know, he is not at LSU now, but anyway, he, he was at our school. His name was Coach Langley. He used to play for the Houston Oilers. And we would have P.E. in junior high. We used to call it junior high in those days. And if you didn't get your shower and your clothes on and standing outside in three minutes, Coach Langley would come through with his board. And three minutes was a, not a lot of time to take a shower dry, and you dare not leave any drips of water on the, on the dressing room floor. And uh, I remember, it was serious. People would be running out of there, zipping things, you know, pulling through pants. And then you forget, you see a drip of water, and he'd follow it. Now, they fired Coach Langley, you know. Some of you say, good, he needed it. But I remember Coach Langley. I'm telling you, I remember. I'll never forget. There's some teachers, I cannot remember their name. But Coach Langley, I cannot forget. I mean, he wouldn't let you forget. You forget. Well, anyway, I hope he's doing good. You know, that. if I was in junior high, let's see, Coach Langley, I, he's probably getting on up there. He may not even be around the earth. I don't know, but uh, he was a good guy. But it's going to get, you know, whom God loves, he disciplines. You know that, don't you? I was sharing with my sister-in-law. They came in to visit, and I just told him, look, Guys, God has to judge America. If he doesn't discipline us, he doesn't love us. And you've got to be ready to tell people it's not because he's a bad God. He's a good God. And whom he loves, he disciplines. And um, so I'm just trying to encourage you in that. But I, I want to share something with you. I'm just going to, I'm not rambling. It's serious. I want to get to this prayer. But I want to show you something in Daniel chapter 12 that I saw this week. That um, about knowledge shall increase. It is an amazing stat. Let me see if I can find it. Daniel chapter 12, verse 4. Listen to this verse. But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. That book's coming alive right now. How I many of you know that? Man, this, this stuff is getting exciting. Mysteries that have been hidden from the beginning of the age, the beginning of time, all of a sudden they're becoming known. Not because we did a great job of searching them out. It's because he's the revelation. Jesus is the revelation. He's being unrevealed in this final hour. But you, Daniel, shut up the word, steal the book till the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro. And, boy, travel has increased. You know, you can be here and there in just a matter of time. And knowledge shall increase. I, I ran across this this week. Buckminster Fuller created what's known as the knowledge doubling curve. And up until 1900, human knowledge doubled every century. And then by the end of World War II, knowledge was doubling every 25 years. And then today, you know, there are many types of knowledge. They call one nanotechnology and, and such. But they say knowledge is doubling every two years, clinical knowledge every 18 months, uh, no, human knowledge doubling every 13 months. IBM said at the present rate with the Internet, 
Soon, knowledge will double every 12 hours. Isn't that incredible? I'm telling you, the scripture is filled. The signs of the times are all around us, even in the, the times but of how things are speeding up. But I often remind ourselves, myself as well, we've been made for this moment. You've been created and positioned for this hour in history. And God knows what he's doing. And, um, but do slow down and, and enjoy life a little bit too. Run into and fro. It'll kill you is what it does. Man, slow down a little bit. You know, smell the roses or whatever. Just, you know, walk through. Where were we? We were at Gil's house last week, and he has a pig pen. So we were smelling the pig pen. That, you know, it, we weren't. I was. It was reminding me of my granny because we used to slop the hogs. When I was a little kid, I'd go to her farm, and I'd get in and play in the pig pen. I'm just confessing. I would get in there and do that. It is... Hey, we had fun in those days. We didn't do this. We didn't have time to fool around with texting. You know what I mean? You didn't do that stuff. Cell phones. You played in pig pens. I crawled under gutters in our city. That you know. Anyway, I won't go there. I would. I'm so glad my son did not do some of the things I did. And I don't want to know the things he's doing. You know what I mean? But. But anyway, I, I want us to pray because there's something I want to pray over you. You are not destined to be overcome. You're destined to overcome. You overcome because there's something to overcome. But that's what we're being trained for, okay, anointed for. And uh, that's why you've been going through some of the stuff. I mean, this Christian life is, I mean, there's some hard knocks along the way. It's never, it's whoever said it was easy, they didn't, they've not been in, they don't know the real thing. I mean, taking up your cross, you know what it'll do to you? It'll kill you is what it'll do to you. It kills your flesh. Every day you got to do this stuff. It's not a one-time thing. Walk down the aisle when you're 10 years old. Okay, I've done that. I've done my duty. No, you just started. We're born again so we can grow up in, in Christ and, and be the sons and daughters. Well, I like that word, Joseph. Man, there ain't no, there's not going to be a lot of wimps in the church from here on out. You know that, don't you? The wimps are going to wimp out. When the going gets tough, man, the tough, they get going to the Lord is what they do. Every day, every moment, they find their strength. In him, they run to their high tower, and we're going to do that. But let me just pray with you. Just, just pray this. Say, dear Lord, I receive from you the anointing that you have for me today. I want to be everything you've called me to be. I want to be a grown-up son and daughter of the king. I want to be one that does great exploits. I want to cause hell to tremble because of my Jesus that lives in me. Thank you that I've been uniquely positioned for this moment in history. And thank you that because you will never fail me, I will finish my race strong. And the work you began in me, you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. Now, Lord, just do that. Release something.
Lord, we, we didn't want to just come to church. We wanted to come and meet you, Lord. That's why we're here. Playing those games are all over. It's the real thing. The real stuff now. Lord, thank you for Coach Langley. Thank you for those in the spirit that wouldn't let us get by with stuff. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. You're not letting us get by with stuff. You've called us to grow up and, and be mighty, the mighty ones. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. I, uh, I heard Lucille Ball. Well, I didn't hear her. I read this. But I love Lucy. Do you love Lucy? Everybody remembers Lucy. But before she died, she said, I'm shocked today because I'm not shocked today. And I knew what she was speaking about. You know, things that used to be shocking are becoming normal. The good, the evil, they're, they're becoming messed up. And I was thinking about that statement this week when I heard about it. How many of you guys saw it? The Empire State Building last weekend, was it? Sunday, Monday, whatever day it was, was decorated. They portrayed these lights of this image of a Hindu goddess. How many of you saw that? Yes, many of you saw it. The same Empire State Building that was draped in the colors of the rainbow a few weeks ago, you know, so many weeks ago, now was, had this image of this Hindu deity, this Kali, remember Raiders of the Lost Ark or something. It's a real demon. And so they had this demon, this Hindu goddess, portrayed the image on the Empire State Building. And I was thinking, they don't... Those folks, they don't even know what they're doing. They don't know the, the gate of hell they just opened up over New York City, and, and, and it's one of the most famous buildings in America. They're portraying, they're becoming a lot bolder, if you notice. Darkness is stretching up, rising up, and being very bold today. And I was thinking, God, raise up, and I know that's happened. There were intercessors in New York City that probably went to, went to their knees, went to the battle. They didn't run. They started breaking curses and judgments and breaking that off of the children of New York. And I, I know that happened. And all over America. In fact, we need to do it just to reinforce right now. Just join with me. We're intercessors. Father, we've closed the gates of hell that were opened by this uh, unbelievable display of arrogance of this Hindu false demon. Right now, we break that judgment and that door that was open, we close the door over not only New York City, but our nation, Lord. And we ask you to give people discernment, give the church discernment to rise up in this hour and to uh, close the gates because we shall possess the gates of our enemies. And we thank you, Lord, not only will the enemy be bold, but we're gonna be bold because of the Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me, let me read a scripture, 1 Peter chapter 4, if you want to turn with me, and, and then we're going to get over to Isaiah 54 pretty quick. But, but 1 Peter chapter 4, I, I woke up this morning, Lord, I, what are you going to do today? I had no idea. You ever just gone blank? You'd, Lord, what are you going to do? That's the way we're going to start feeling all the time because we're going to need him to show up all the time. I mean, this is, this is it, guys, all the time. We need him. You need him. America needs him. And we're, good. we're available. 
Man, we're being launched out of here. I'm telling you, I don't, I don't know about out of here, but we're being launched in this thing. How many of you feel that? Feel like there's some uh, dynamite somewhere deep in the you know, bottom of your soul. I mean, there's something here being released. God's getting us ready. We're growing up. There's an anointing. And uh, we're getting ready for some great battles. But guess what? We win. How I many of you know that? You got to remind yourself. We know the end of the story. And uh, you might, the righteous stumble and fall seven times, but you know what the rest of that verse says, Joseph? They always get up. They get back. How many of you stumbled at least once over the last month? Week. Weekend. <laughs> you know what I mean? Stumbling. We stumble. We get up. We don't lay there. All right, First Peter chapter 4, a couple verses. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. A steward will give an account of their stewardship. Every one of us, we've received gifts you know, their anointings, call, the call of God upon our lives. One day, you and I are going to stand before God and give an account of what we did with what God placed in our hands, what he gave us. Remember, the judgment seat of Christ. You all will stand before that judgment seat, and I will too. I'm going to give an account for how I pastored this church, but you will give an account of what you did with the gifts. We're all part of the body of Christ. He's the head. But then verse 11, if anyone speaks, let him speak as of the oracles of God, the utterance of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies. We learn pretty fast in this. We don't have much to offer, right? That's a good thing. We don't want anything to offer. We don't have it. He does. And he'll offer him through himself through us if we'll just let him do it. And he will that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ to whom belong the glory and dominion forever and ever. In other words, the oracles. You know what the oracles are? That's the utterance of God. I heard, I remember, and I wrote it in one of my earlier Bibles. St. Augustine said, when the scriptures speak, God speaks. And I've believed that all my life. I believe that. And, you know, I can't say 100% of the time when I'm reading the Bible, am I always that geared up? And I should be. I should always be. When the Scripture speaks, God speaks. I want to be there. But, uh, you know, we really, man, we got to believe that. I, I was with a pastor this week, and he was sharing with me how this man in their congregation, he gained the trust of the congregation, came in with a false doctrine. And uh, I don't remember the name of it, but he started listing the various things that this, this teaching believes. And I said, man, that's obviously false. But you could not talk. He said, I could not talk this man. I met with him, but there was an arrogance that came over him. That's how you can tell if somebody gets into false doctrine. There's a pride that comes. And you can't talk them out of it. I mean, they're convinced you're wrong, they're right. He did all that he could to try to convince him and they had to ask him leave to leave the church. And I, then I asked this pastor, well, how many people left with him? That's the key. He said, no one left. I thought, well, praise the Lord. You've been sowing sound doctrine or something there. The people weren't beguiled. They weren't led astray by this. It was obvious if you'd heard the things they believe, you would say the same thing that I said. It's obviously a false doctrine. That's why Paul told Timothy, preach the word. Remember that? Be ready in season and out of season. It's the word, the seed that brings forth life. 
And uh, I always get a little bit perturbed. Maybe it's because, I, I don't know, it's just my background. When I hear people say, ah, you don't need doctrine today. All you need is the Spirit. Now, I agree. We do need the Holy Spirit. We need Him more than we've ever needed Him. We need the Holy Spirit. But we also need sound doctrine. Because that, you know, that scripture, Paul said, there will come a time when they'll not run after sound doctrine. They'll seek to have teachers to tickle their ears, remember, to tell them whatever they want them to hear. And uh, so I'm, but then you know you can also have a lot of good doctrine, but you may not know the one who wrote the doctrine either. You know what I mean? So it's a relationship. A relationship. It's an encounter with the God of the universe. A personal daily relationship. But the doctrine helps you stay on the course. And when folks come along, you know, you can right off the bat, man, that does not sound right. You know what I'm talking about? That just doesn't fit. Something's not right about that teaching. And they're going to be all that kind of stuff happen. Now, I've said all that because I want to, well, I didn't say all that. I ain't even got to that yet. I said all that to say this. God didn't tell us to preach our prophecies. He didn't tell us to preach our latest revelation, our opinions, especially our opinions. He told us to preach the word. But having said that, I want to share prophecy. Because prophecy should line up with the scripture. All these things, they support the word, right? And I was, this just came upon me. I guess I was thinking about this Hindu goddess. I got a little upset when I saw it. Surely, we, it even had noise to it. It was the most demonic thing. And I said, God, this was, this was portrayed over New York City. What is this? The prelude to the image of the beast. What is this stuff? It looked like the image of the beast to me. It was horrible. We had to break it off of our minds. Oh, yeah, this Hindu is the God of time and change, the Lord of death and destruction. That's what was being portrayed over New York City. Destruction and death. And so we broke it off of us. We prayed, boy, this is, the devil is getting bold, but I'm telling you, it's our turn to get bold. But anyway, I wrote this down. And I'm just going to read it, okay, as, I, as God gave it to me. And then we're going to jump over to Isaiah 40. So you may want to turn there. I'm just going to read. I'm, I'm going to declare the word of the Lord. I believe when the scriptures speak, God speaks. So we're going to jump into that. You listen, let it, receive it in the spirit. It might take a few moments to get through it, but I just felt to do it. Somebody told me one time, if you don't know what to say, just read the Bible. It's not all bad what God had to say. In fact, it might be better than what you have to say. I agree with that. How many of you would agree? Here's what it says. In this day, much wickedness will be on display before you. Evil is coming out of the closet for all to see. Do not be enticed, fearful, or lured into that which I, the Lord, have clearly defined as evil. Be discerning. See behind what is done before men to, to what is unseen and is of the evil one. Be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. How many of you are signing up for that? Dwell upon me, the Lord says. Keep your eyes fixed on me and your peace will prevail. Understand that as I will keep my promise to judge those who are haters of me, who have rejected me and my words, so I will be faithful to keep my covenant, even my covenant of peace with those who love and belong to me. Say amen. Let me tell you, that covenant of peace is a big one. I'm going to show you that in a minute. For wickedness shall arise for a season. 
that it might be identified that men and women may choose who they will serve. But be assured, wickedness shall surely come to an end. For soon you will look for the wicked, and you will not find them. For truly, weeping may endure for the night. That season shall not last. So be reminded, though, that joy will come in the morning. Joy will come in the morning. Let me tell you again. Joy comes in the morning. In the morning, not just a 24-hour period. But in the midst of the morning. The people of God are going to shout. They're going to have a shout of joy, even in the morning, because there God reigns, and it'll be a testimony. Have I not promised that righteousness shall spring forth on the earth? So be assured the righteous shall inherit the earth. As I have purposed, so it shall be done. As I have spoken, so it shall come to pass. For heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall remain forever. Therefore, be the voice that said, cry out. And he said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all its loveliness is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, because the breath of the Lord will blow upon it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. O Zion, you who bring good tidings, good news, that's us. Get up on the high mountain, O Jerusalem. You who bring good tidings, lift up your voice with strength. Lift it up. Do not be afraid. Say to the cities of America, and of course, Judah in the scripture, behold your God. Behold, the Lord God shall come with a strong hand, and his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward, his recompense is with him, and his work before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs under his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with young. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, measured heaven with a span, and calculated the dust of the earth in a measure, weighed the mountains and scales and the hills in a balance? Who has directed the spirit of the Lord, or as his counselor has taught him? With whom did he take counsel, and who instructed him and taught him in the path of justice? Who taught him knowledge and showed him the way of understanding? Behold, the nations are as a drop in the bucket, and are counted as the small dust on the scales. Look, he lifts up the isles as a very little thing. And Lebanon is not sufficient to burn, nor its beast sufficient for a burnt offering. All nations before him are as nothing, and they are counted by him less than nothing and worthless. To whom then will you liken God? Or what likeness will you be compared to him? The workman molds an image. The goldsmith overspreads it with gold, and the silversmith with silver chains. Whoever is too impoverished for such a contribution chooses a tree that will not rot. He seeks for himself a skillful workman to prepare a carved image that will not totter. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads out like a tent to dwell in. Listen to this. He brings the princes to nothing. He makes the judges of the earth useless. Scarcely shall they be planted. Scarcely shall they be sown. Scarcely shall they, their stock take root in the earth. 
when he will also blow on them and they will wither and the whirlwind will take them away like the stubble. To whom then will you liken me? Or to whom shall I be equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these things. Who brings out their hosts by number? He calls them all by name. By the greatness of his might and the strength of his power, not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord and my just claim is passed over by my God? Have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth neither faints nor is weary his understanding is unsearchable he gives power to the weak and to those who have no might he increases strength even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength they shall mount up with wings like eagles they shall run and not be weary they shall walk and they shall not faint thus saith the Lord thy God in the name of Jesus Man, get his word in your heart. I wish I'd memorized all that, Josh. There are portions I have memorized, but not all of Isaiah 40. But let me tell you, it's not what they say about you. It's not what they say. It's not what the demons think. It's what God thinks. It's what he thinks. Now, Isaiah 54. I'm going to look through that pretty quickly, and then we'll go to the house. Is that okay? Or go to lunch. I'm going to take Tyler to lunch. i got to spend time with a guy that graduated from LSU. I can't wait. They all know, I'm, you know, grew up. If you grew up in Louisiana, you, you have to be for LSU. It's just no choice. All my relatives. I didn't go there. I should have. I went somewhere up in north, Monroe, Louisiana. But I should have gone. I think about it all the time. Why didn't you go there? I don't know why I didn't. If I had to do it again, I would have. All right. Everybody with me? Isaiah 54. Now look at this. I'm just going to read some scriptures and then just discuss it a little bit. But you don't, you don't have to discuss that much. Sing, O barren, you who have not born. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not labored with child. Now what is that telling us? That tells us something about the barren. The barren were a little bit frowned on in, in this culture. If you were barren, you could be replaced by a secondary wife. I mean, they might just replace you if you didn't bear fruit. But it also was important because if you got old and you had never born any children, then, you know, somebody could come and beat you up in your old age. I mean, that's what they thought. So it was not really a great thing to be barren. But in this context, he says, sing, O barren. Now, why is he saying sing to the barren? Because he knows something the barren doesn't know. There's the rest of the story. How many of you remember Paul Harvey? Paul Harvey. Now, this tells you how old you are. Joseph, I know you don't know. Tyler, you don't know. You have no idea. Who, do you know who Paul Harvey is? I didn't, you ain't never heard of Paul Hart. Anyway, he would say, that he would tell the, the, now you've heard the rest of the story. Good day. You remember that? Good day. I was thinking about that. It is a good day. Even in the midst of what appears to be barrenness. Barrenness was hopelessness, helplessness, loneliness. But even in the midst of whatever breaks out around us, it is a good day if you know the goodness of God. It doesn't matter. 
We know the rest of the story. That's why it's a good day. And so when things begin to shake and quake and tremble and buildings come collapsing, I don't know what all is going to happen in this day. I'm telling you, it's a good day for the people of God. He's not changing. He's not becoming an evil God. He said, I know the plans I have for you, plans of good and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. How many of you know the context of that scripture? How many of you know it? None of you know it. Wait a minute. I talked about that. What do we have? A whole new congregation here. What is this? You got to know the context. People quote that all the time. It's a great scripture. It's a great promise. You need to know why they wrote that in the first place. What happened in Jeremiah 29? In Jeremiah 28, 27, there was this prophet that showed up. What was his name? Hananiah. I can't remember now. I'm just going off the cuff. No, not the cuff. What I remember. This prophet shows up and says, oh, you're not going to go into any bondage? Everything's great. Man, peace and safety. You guys got it made. Ah, oh, revival's coming. The glory. It's awesome. No judgment. And Jeremiah, he puts this yoke on him. He said, he said you, listen, you just yoked the people more than what they were yoked. You just told them a big fat lie. The people are going into Babylon. They're going into captivity. That's what happened in Jeremiah 29. That's why he told them that promise. He said, I know the plans I have for you. Plans of good and not for evil to give you a future and a hope so that when you get in captivity, when the judgments of God begin to fall, you'll remember you're not being judged. You may be in captivity, but you're free. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And your God has good plans and a good purpose for you. You don't plan on diminishing. You plan on increasing. You build. You plant. You have hopes. You have dreams. You plan on overcoming. You're not going to be overcome because greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. Most people don't know that. But whatever happens, you got to remember that. That's what he wanted them to remember. Yes, there's going to be revival, but it's going to come out of some very difficult pressure. I'm telling you. I was, I, I was, was that, who was that on this week? I listened to George Barna. And what's the Barton guy, the first name Barton? Yeah, Barton. Yeah, he's a, a historian. And they were talking about in churches in America. And they said something like only 9% of the church in America has a world, a biblical worldview. You know why? Because only about half of the pastors have a biblical worldview. And they were talking about how pastors will not confront the sins of the hour. They will not tell people what's coming. They're luring people to sleep. It's almost like a peace and safety message. Everything's going to be fine. Let me tell you, it ain't going to be fine. We're going to be uprooted a little bit. Convenience is not our God. God is our God. If we're inconvenienced, so what is that? Jesus was inconvenienced. Every disciple was inconvenienced. But Jesus, even on the cross, he saw the joy that was set before him. Inside, there were rumblings of joy. Yeah, he was, there was this flesh thing. Oh, God, why have you forsaken me? Anybody ever ask, ask that question? If you haven't, you probably will someday. Oh, God, where are you? Lord, 
I thought you told me everything was going to be wonderful. What am I doing in this place? You ever been, how many of you been there? What am I doing? Why did this come? You better be God. You know what he'll say? I am God. I am that I am. And don't you forget it. Somebody told me one time, they said, God does a great job at being God. Not you. And just when you think you figured it out, he'll throw a wrinkle in there so you can't figure it out. So you'll trust in him. You're not supposed to leaning, be leaning in your own understanding anyway. In all your ways, acknowledge him. I only got through verse 1, but I'm going to go quickly. Sing. Get ready to sing. Get ready to shout. Let me tell you what. You've not been destined for barrenness. You've been destined for fruitfulness. God's not rescinding. I don't care what happens in the economy. I don't care what happens with governments of men. The, the increase of his government. Of the increase, there shall be no end. And his government and his peace is on the rise. Break forth. Now look at this. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Now, why in the world are there more children than the desolate? Well, that's the way it may be right now, but I'm telling you, things are going to change. Things are going to change. I'm believing before this is all said and done, there is going to be a great sweeping harvest of souls. America, listen, there, there are seeds that have been planted, godly men and women that have cried and wept for their sons and daughters. There are people that have sacrificed their lives for the sake of the gospel, and they're gone. They're laying off somewhere in some graveyard. But I'm telling you, God hadn't forgotten their prayers. He hadn't forgotten their promises, and there's going to be a move of the Spirit. Sweep this nation. The devil is not going to have the final testimony. God's going to have the final testimony over this nation. And those words he hadn't forgotten, those prayers are filling up the bowls in the heaven. And there's going to be a great hope. Why is he delaying now? What does Second Peter tell us? Where's his coming? He said it's his will that none should perish. So the delay is because none should perish. And I, I know not everyone is going to go there, but, but I'm going to believe everyone will go there. Let's believe it. It's his will that none should perish. That's the will of God. Forget what the devil says about it. Everybody is a pre-saved person in my eyes. It ought to be that way. Well, and then that's why he said verse 2. I'm going to speed this up, I promise. Look at this. Enlarge the place of your tent. God's telling some of you that. Enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left. And your descendants will inherit the nations. And make the desolate cities what? Inhabited. What if some cities become desolate? What are the righteous supposed to do? Rise up. The righteous shall inherit the earth. Let me tell you, there's going to be a day you're not going to find the wicked. How many of you know the scriptures talk about that? You'll look for it. Where'd the wicked go? But until then, it's like, whoa, look what the wicked are doing. Boy, they're bold, aren't they? Man, those guys, it looks like they're prospering, God. Remember Psalm 37. Don't you know, worry about the prospering of the wicked. There'll be a day you'll look for them. You won't even be able to find them. Verse 4, do not fear 
Do not fear, for you will not be ashamed. Neither be disgraced, for you will not be put to shame, for you will forget the shame of your youth, and you will not remember the reproach of your widowhood. A widowhood was worse than barrenness in this day. For your maker is your husband. Say, the maker is my husband. And when you know your maker is your husband, then barrenness and widow, widowhood is no big deal. You know the God of creation, the God of the universe, the Lord of hosts is his name, and your redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. He is called the God of the whole earth. For the Lord has called you like a woman forsaken and grieved in the spirit. Look in verse 7. For a mere moment I have forsaken you. For a mere moment I have forsaken you. Who's speaking there? God, with a little wrath, I hid my face from you for a moment. But with everlasting kindness, I will have mercy on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. Verse 9, for this is like the waters of Noah to me. It's as if the day were in the days of Noah. I mean, have you noticed that? We are. I have a place I, I like to go and pray. Everywhere I've ever lived, I find secret places. I go and I can connect with God and get away and shout and holler. And I found a place. And it's up on a, should I, yeah, you, should, you can go there. It's all right. It's open to the public. But anyway, it's, is that 268 and then Boomer Ferguson Elementary School? You turn back in there and you go up to the top of this and you can oversee Wilkes County. How many of you ever know what I'm talking about? You see the reservoir. You see the Blue Ridge. You get around. You can look around for grandfather. Anyway, you see it all. And I go up there. I like to pray. And I was up there praying the other day. And a rain, it was not cloudy. A rainbow appears over the eastern sky. It's a big rainbow. It was kind of, you know, just slight. But as I began to look at it, it began to get bigger, bolder. The colors more defined. And God was just reminding me, man, I got a covenant. I got a covenant. I got a covenant with you. Hey, listen, now let me show you about this covenant. Look at that. Verse 10, for the, the mountains shall depart. Verse 10, and the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from you, nor shall my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has mercy on you. That ought to make you shout. God's got a covenant, a covenant of peace with you. In the midst of the storm? Absolutely. Look in verse 11. Oh, you afflicted one, tossed and tempest and not comforted. You remember that scripture said, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the, the Lord delivers them out of them all. Everybody quotes the end of that. The Lord delivers them out of them all. They forget the first, many Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But, aren't you glad there's a but? And there is. And then he goes on, verse 14, in righteousness. Well, let me back up. Verse 13, all your children shall be taught by the Lord. All your children shall be taught by the Lord. That's our natural, but it's also this harvest that is coming in. I, they're going to grow up. They're going to mature in the faith at an alarming, unbelievable rate. Because God has need of them. And great shall be the peace of your children. In righteousness you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear. And from terror, for it shall not come near you. Indeed, they shall surely assemble, but not because of me. Whoever assembles against you shall 
fail for your sake. I like that verse, don't you? Because especially what the end verse says, and I'm going to pray over you in just a moment. Whoever assembles, you ever felt like there was an assembly against you? An assembly of hell and darkness and depression or whatever it is, sickness comes against you and they're all piled up and it's as if you're outnumbered. Anybody else ever felt that way? You're not outnumbered. You're not, you and God are an overwhelming majority against the assembly that has risen against you. Behold, I've created the blacksmith and blows, who blows the coals and the fire. There's going to be some fire. Who brings forth an instrument for his work? I've created the spoiler to destroy. If we had a lot of time, we'd talk about how God sent the Assyrians against his own people because they wouldn't listen to him. And the Babylonians, a number of different times. But then as, his, as he got his people's attention, God turned the tide and in the midst there came restoration when his people began to cry out to him. But notice verse 17, and this is what I want to pray over you because we need this scripture. I've been hearing this all my life, but I'm gonna, I'm, if I, here's, my, here's what I'd love to do, just pour, I'm gonna pour it in your spirit somehow, somewhere. I wanna get this scripture in your heart I, if I could, I'd run out there, Rick, and just pour it in your head right now, but I couldn't. But this is, this is it. Get it, get it, get it. I'm going to pray. God, let it be. You, wait a minute. God, you said your word will not return void. I've been praying that all my life. It always accomplishes your purpose for which you send it forth. It's not your word. Flesh and blood may pass away, but your word will endure forever. So here it is. No weapon. Say no weapon. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Gain the advantage, in other words, or get the upper hand. For every and every tongue which rises against you in judgment, guess what you get to do? You shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. So let's believe it and declare it and walk in it. Amen. Amen. I know I'm acting a little silly today. It's all right to act silly. I want to get sillier. I ask God, God, let all the men that have influenced my life, Joseph, this is a good thing for you, all the men, because God uses many people. Every one of them that's influenced me over the years, that prayed for me, encouraged me, all the women, not just men, women, mighty women. God, let it all be rolled up in one package at one time. Oh, wouldn't that be awesome? And then I felt like God said, that's what I plan on doing. But not only with me, with you. He wants to wrap the whole thing, the whole thing into a big package. I mean, it's a big mantle. It's like putting on a coat. He's going to fit it in there in the sleeves. But he, he wants you to wear it. All. Even the bad things that happen. God turned them around for good. He wants to use all those experiences so that you can be built up in him. Amen? Oh, man, I tell you, there's something inside here. I've got to let it out. <laughs> I'm telling you. And I'm a little bit thinking about that. The last guy that really influenced me was old Rodney down in Tampa. Wouldn't that be terrible if joy broke out in the midst of his people? 
What a horrible thought that would be. But he's more about, way more about than joy, souls. They're about souls. When we were down there, 300, 400 people getting saved every Sunday. Of course, they'd go out and get them on Saturdays. And they'd bring buses. He said, I'm not going to leave it up to the people to bring the lost to church. I'm going to go get them and bring them myself. They won't bring them. I'm going to go get them. So he gets these buses and goes and gets them. And they get saved. We're working on it. We got one little van downstairs. I want a bus. All it would take is one earthquake. And they'll come running from the everywhere in all four directions. All, they're coming. They're coming. Your kids are coming. Your sons and daughters. God's getting ready, some of you ready to be fathers in the faith. You got to grow up pretty quick. You're going to have to mentor young men, young women, mothers in the faith. All of some of you are going to be thrust into ministry. I, I'm telling you, this is the Lord. The stuff he's got planned. That's why you got to get it. You can't keep slipping up. I mean, you might slip up, but quit slipping. Quit slipping up. Thus saith the Lord, you don't have to do that. Hey, Brian, you don't have to, do you? You don't have to. Nobody has to slip up. Now, I'm not picking on Brian. You don't have to. Listen, God put some dynamite in us. He's called Jesus. He's the conqueror. He's the overcomer. He's the mighty one. So let me pray this prayer over you guys, okay? And uh, you don't come to church just to hear somebody mouth off. You come to get what God has for the day. Man, you got to, listen, there may be a day we may not be able to meet like this as much. We might have to go under the leaves, underground. Some of you think that's crazy. It's not crazy. It's happened many times in history. Every time it's happened, the church exploded. Because you can't, you can't snuff out the people of God. You outlaw the Bible. Listen, the Holy Spirit will bring to my remembrance stuff I've been reading for years and years and years. A lot that I have applied to memory. I'm telling you, but it's going to come up. You put it in, he'll bring it up. Okay, now I wish I could get out to every one of you, but I'm just going to pray. Father, hey, just lift your hands up. In the name of Jesus. This is the army of God I'm looking at. These are sons and daughters. All of creation has been waiting for these men and women to arise on the scene. Well, I declare they have arisen and they're on the scene. They're on the earth. And they're not running. They're not fearful. They are clothed in righteousness. He became sin who knew no sin that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It's the blood of Jesus that cleanses us. And then he sent the Holy Spirit just as a down payment of our inheritance. So, Lord, right now, I declare over these, I prophesy no weapon formed against your people shall prosper. No weapon shall get the upper hand. They are not outnumbered. They are on the top. They're not the tail. They're the head. I declare that over them. 
no weapon shall prosper. And every tongue that is risen in judgment, you said we shall condemn. So right now, we condemn the words. We condemn the judgments. We break off accusations, curses, incantations, negative agreements. We break off every work and word of an evil one or even a friend who did not know what they were saying. We break it now off of our mind, off of our bodies, off of our children, off of our inheritance. We are the inheritance of God. And so, Lord, we thank you. This heritage have all ye his saints. And we are the saints. We are the saints. I always love that song when the saints go marching in because I'm one of them. I'm one you are too. And all of God's people, Lord, seal it. We're the saints of the Most High. Thank you, God. Let it be. Now, Lord, I ask for a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. Everyone, Lord, we got to be filled to overflowing. Fresh infilling. Fresh anointing. Fresh, I stir up the gifts. Gifts, I stir them up. Every weapon, I stir up the spiritual gifts and tools. Stir them up. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Hallelujah. One more quick word. If you're watching by web stream or you're here and you say, I don't even know this Jesus. I don't even know. Or maybe I used to know. Now I don't know if I know because I've been living apart from him. I've lost that fire. I've lost that first love. This is the day of salvation. This is the day of salvation. You call upon the name of the Lord. The Bible says that with the, the mouth... You confess with the heart you believe. You believe that God raised his son from the dead. You shall be saved. So just receive it right now. Just say, Jesus, come into my heart. I call on you. Forgive me of my sin. I'm a sinner. I blew it. But thank you, Jesus didn't blow it. He paid the price for me. And I received that salvation, that gift of salvation. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now, there's an anointing. I, we're going to go pretty quick. We have prophetic teams in a moment, but there's a real anointing. The Holy Spirit's doing stuff right now to people. Do you know he sends angels who have commissions to minister to those who will inherit salvation? This room is, I, I can't see him in my eye with, with this eye, but this place is flooded with angels ministering to the saints of God. Some of you need healing. Some of you need healing of emotions, disappointments. Anybody been disappointed? Raise your hand. You say, I've been disappointed. Did you know that God comes in the midst of the disappointment to bring about his divine appointment? So I just declare that. I break off sadness from that disappointment woundedness and God we pray in the midst of the disappointment will now come the divine God heaven sent appointment from above in the name of Jesus we receive that Lord because you said all these things work together because we love you and are called according to your purpose hallelujah thank you man okay I don't know how you stop stuff like this I don't know I don't know.
And next week, listen, if you're anywhere in the area, come. You have to get here early. David Hogan is like Paul. You guys ever heard of him? He's like a Elijah. He's got fire in his eyes. I asked him. He said he asked God for that flame. It's like a fire, not real flame, but his eyes. He just stares at you. He looks. If you got any sin, don't come next week. I'm t- get, no, 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 come, come, get rid of it. But, you know, they're going to be, we have a conference. There'll be a lot of people coming, sitting in these empty places. So get here. The evening meetings are open, and, uh, but you can register. But I just want God to seal the work. We have prophetic teams. God, seal this work. Thank you for the worship team. Thank you for this CD that's coming out. God, we know there were prophecies. Worship would go from Moravian Falls to the ends of the earth. Thank you that we're getting to see it happen. Lord, bless even that CD before we even get to uh, launch it. God, use it for your glory. Use it to set fires all over the earth, God. Fires of revival. God, do it. In the name of Jesus. And Lord, just seal this work and this word in every human heart, our hearts. We're flesh and blood. But thank you. You're the God most high. God bless you guys. Have a great Sunday afternoon. Encourage one another. Boy, it's good to have these guys. Aren't these guys like flames of fire? You can see above their heads, flames of fire. I can't see above his head. He's got that scarf there. But no, no, man. It's a real flame. Let me, I, I just want to, may I pray for you guys? Let me just pray. Lord, God, just touch these men. These are awesome men. God, send them with fire. Lord, fire of God on their lives, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, just stir up. God, launch them. Launch them. Fresh oil. Fresh oil. You come here, you get fresh oil. Oil change. Anointing. Fire of God in the name of Jesus. Oh, Lord Jesus. Oh, goodness gracious sakes alive. Okay, I'm going to... I'm a Baptist guy. I can't do this kind of stuff. That's what they told me. God bless you guys. Have a great day. In Jesus' name.